The following is a podcast from St. George's Episcopal Church in Arlington, Virginia. We invite you to support the ministries of St. George's Church through a one-time or reoccurring donation. To give, visit our webpage, www.stgeorgeschurch.org. The word saint is spelled in full. St. George's is a vibrant and inclusive community that is committed to loving God, serving others, and changing the world. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Now Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites, does not each one of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. The Gospel of the Lord. Dear Lord God, open our minds, transform our hearts, and help us to live as your people in the world. In Jesus' name we pray this day. Amen. Today we commemorate the 400th anniversary of the first enslaved Africas in the Americas. Sometime in late August, 1619, a ship called the White Lion landed at Point Comfort at what is now known as Fort Monroe in Hampton, Virginia. There, 20 Africans in chains were sold to wealthy landowners. And as the writer Jim Wallace puts it, the original sin of our nation was committed. The cancer of slavery spread from there, infecting the colonies and becoming part of the whole social and economic structure long before our nation became our nation. Our whole agricultural system and way of life was predicated on slave labor, and the legacy of slavery has been with us ever since. As William Faulkner so famously put it, in his book titled, entitled Requiem for a Nun, the past is never dead. It's not even past. Our corporate dis-ease goes into remission periodically, 
but it's never completely eradicated. Abraham Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation and the passage of the 13th Amendment to the Constitution was huge, an amazing stride forward. But Jim Crow laws were quickly enacted to continue the restriction of the rights of black Americans. The Civil Rights Movement and the passage of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 was an incredible accomplishment, a beautiful achievement. In 2008, we elected the first African-American president, and we thought that we had finally achieved an unprecedented level of healing. But over the last few years, we have discovered a well of resentment and hatred that many were unaware of, attitudes that had been festering beneath the surface that are now out in the open and being legitimated. We were all jolted into reality, the reality of our racial recidivism, when we saw the images from the white supremacist rally in Charlottesville two years ago. We have come so far in this country, and yet we have so far to go. We have been bent over with the sin of racism for 400 years. And as Christians gathered here this morning, we look to the gospel, as always, to guide our feet on the path of repentance and redemption. Jesus is teaching in the synagogue when he notices a woman who has been bent over for 18 years. And Jesus immediately has compassion for her and heals her so that she can be restored to health and to community. The leader of the synagogue objects, and his stated reason is that it's not lawful to do work on the Sabbath. He was trying to uphold the religious laws that govern their life together. The prohibition against doing work on the Sabbath was based on God's work in creation when God rested on the seventh day and declared it holy. Sabbath is important. Human beings need rest, and the people of faith need to have a day set aside for worship and for healing. So the synagogue leader is objecting on the basis of these laws governing the Sabbath, but Jesus' response suggests that it's not really about that. Jesus points out that the leader himself would lead his livestock to water on the Sabbath, the implication being how much more important the well-being of a human being is. Jesus calls him a hypocrite for condemning Jesus when he himself would have done work for a lesser reason. Jesus saw this woman's need, and he knew that her healing was much more important than the rules about Sabbath-keeping. The synagogue leader was part of maintaining the law and the order of his society. And we know that systems are important, but systems have to promote justice and mercy. And you have to wonder if the leader really thought that this lowly woman was worth bending over, bending the rules for, to heal her on the Sabbath and break those laws. 
upholding social and economic order was the basis of many powerful people justifying and perpetuating racial injustice over the course of our history. Unjust structures and systems of oppression have to be challenged if we are to be fully healed. Every aspect of our culture today bears the stain of our original sin. Our educational system, our criminal justice system, uh, our health care system, the wealth gap, housing, it's all interconnected. And we are called as followers of Christ to be agents of healing to begin to correct these injustices. This past Friday, Virginia Theological Seminary led a pilgrimage for racial justice to mark the 400th anniversary of the first enslaved Africans and to repent of the role that the city of Alexandria played in the slave trade just a few miles from us today. The Reverend Ken Coleman, rector of Trinity Episcopal over on Columbia Pike, was one of the speakers at this event. The evening began with prayers at the Contrabands and Freeman Cemetery Memorial on Washington Street in Old Town Alexandria. And then, after the prayers and the hymns that were sung at that beginning point, the group walked with candles to the site of the Franklin and Armfield slave pen. It was once one of the biggest slave trading companies in the entire country. After being sold there to plantation owners in the Deep South, some slaves were taken by boat to Louisiana or to Mississippi. Others were chained together and forced to walk the whole way, bent over with exhaustion. They left Alexandria, made their way through the Shenandoah Valley, and continued south for hundreds and hundreds of miles. It's estimated that about a million slaves took that journey, many becoming ill, others dying along the way. It became known as the Slavery Trail of Tears. It's very important that we remember and that we repent of our shameful past to get things up into the light and to ask God to heal us. When things go unacknowledged, it's like an undetected cancer that wreaks havoc on our corporate psyche. Faulkner was right. The past isn't dead. It's not even in the past. We see the past in the present when we examine the inequities of our justice system. We see it when we recognize that one in three black men in this country are in prison. We see the past in the present when white supremacists take to our streets. The past is always with us, but we don't have to be ruled by it. It can be redeemed. That is what our faith teaches us over and over and over again. But we have to actively cooperate with this work that God wants to do in our lives. So today we confess our sin. 
We repent. We ask God to show us new ways of thinking and of acting. We ask God to give us the will and the courage to have difficult conversations. And we ask God to show us how to recognize attitudes and actions that perpetuate racism and asking God to help us to be part of the healing of this world. We are called, in short, to stand up for justice. At three o'clock today, we'll gather at our bell tower just off the parish hall and we'll ring our bells to mark the beginning of slavery in 1619. And we will ring our bells as a reminder of the eternal hope and healing that God offers us. And we will ring our bells today at three o'clock as a sign of unity that the beloved community is still possible in 2019.